Welcome to the Impact Factor, how to get noticed, motivate millions, and make a difference in a noisy world. Ken MacArthur, what can I say about Ken MacArthur other than Ken has become a, a good friend? You know a great person when you meet him, and I just want to tell you, he's a great man. He has amassed a number of experts to speak to you. Ken is one of those guys that as soon as you meet him, he just draws you in, almost like a grandfather with a chocolate bar and you're a little kid. And then Ken's also like the mother bird that he pushes you out of the nest even when you think you're not ready to fly and you actually do fly so thank you Ken for pushing me out of the nest all you have to do is just do a Google search on Ken MacArthur and you can see the amazing reputation this man has hey folks Ken MacArthur here best-selling author of impact how to get noticed motivate millions and make a difference in a noisy world and I've got the amazing incredible remarkable and <laughs> An eclectic uh, Bob Yeager with me. Uh, we're going to do some fun stuff together because we're talking about how to you know, build a business all the way through the funnel and how do you develop traffic for that, how do you get people to actually convert into paying customers, and how do you make some money off of that. Hi, it's Charlie Seymour Jr. of the TheVideoMarketingGuys.com, and you're listening to Ken MacArthur's podcast, The Impact Factor. Now listen closely to this guy. He's someone who can aim you in the right direction, give you the path, push you toward your goal. He's all about impact. You want to pay attention to him. He's also a great connector. Ken MacArthur, the impact factor. So great to talk to you today, Bob Yeager. You too, and I can honestly say my wife has used every word in the book except for eclectic to describe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely eclectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, some people are scatterbrained. Eclectic's a good word. <laughs> we, we just like, the, we're entrepreneurs, man. We like to do a lot of different things, right? We get bored exactly easily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the biggest problems that people are going through with what we're going to talk about. They get bored so easily because most of the things we do online are very monotonous. Uh, yep. You know, you can get as sexy as you want with everything, but at the end of the day, the stuff that works, it can be tedious, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the not so fun part of it is actually executing it. You know, doing all those things that you should be doing that you know work if you just do them. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm guilty of that, man. I mean, when I first started out online, I think I spent. I didn't really come online to start a business. I came online to look for a job, <laughs> and uh, and I noticed people putting ads all over the place and things like that, and the direct marketing. And I'm like, well, that's what I do, you know. Yeah. Um, I just didn't understand the internet at the time. But when I started really thinking about building a business, I did all the the bells and whistles and the hoops that I jumped through, and the the plans and the tasks and the strategies. And uh, it took me two years you know, to figure yeah. how everything really works. And to me, the basics haven't changed. It's just now we have things that we can integrate to get a better reach, right? It's really, it's really all about the, the same thing with different channels and different, different media. So yeah, uh, nothing, nothing has really changed since the Stone Age, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> except yeah. for our, our methods of communication. Well, yeah, I mean, it was funny. The other day I was on a call, um, and Chuck Mullaney and Don Wilson and Ross Carroll, good, some decent marketers, right? 
And they were having a hangout, and I just kind of, I guess I kind of snuck it. I, I infiltrated it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and Chuck was talking about his podcast and how he wants to, to really get serious with it. And he was asking me questions about it, and I said, it's really about integrating all the things you already do and then just sharing the good stuff, the podcast recordings and um, thinking about your format and putting a project scope in place to plan everything out. Right. Yep. In instead of ready, fire, aim all the time, you know, the plan, I think, takes longer, Ken, to edit and create than anything that you do. Um, well, you know, so many people don't have a plan. We, they really just kind of go out helter-skelter and hit and miss and throw stuff at the wall and hope something sticks. Uh, and yeah. We can be so much more effective if we actually do have a plan in mind. Yeah, you know, um, I was talking to a, a marketer the other day, and they they asked me, you know, what what form of metrics do I really look at? And they started rattling off a bunch of different types, like analyt, Google Analytics, uh, Blueberry Stats, Stitcher, um, you know, all these different things, right? Clout, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> look at all of them. Um, you can't in your plan. You have to work look at your traffic sources, your Visitors, their demographics, the geo-targeting, the um, bounce rates, the page views, uh, your funnel, right? Your conversions, everything. You, and you have to look at those things, but not get stuck in studying those things too much, because you can really trap yourself in saying, "Oh, I guess what I'm doing is not working." Well, not necessarily. It just not may not be working the way you expected it to. And right. sometimes we mistake uh, specificity for accuracy, you know. Right. right. <laughs> a lot of times we, do, we give lots of detail, and it doesn't necessarily uh, mean that the detail is relevant to what we're doing. Yeah, uh, it, it was like on analytics the other day. They said my typical audience is from between the ages of 25 and 65. I'm like, well, that narrows it down, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I, I play averages, Ken. I go across the board. Um, I look at all of my different analytics that I have set up, um, and if if each one of these kind of because you know I'm I'm measuring podcasts, Facebook fan page, cloud, all these different things, right? Yeah. And what I do is I just take all the general, you know, each one of these are giving me a certain age range, and they're all different. And I take the averages, and I said, oh, I'm kind of right in here, right? Yeah. And then, exactly. then I'm just kind of like, okay, so most of the people that listen to my show are like married, have kids, want to have a business or are in business or do sales, selling or something. And most of them are women and almost the other half is men. So pretty general, right? Yeah. So just talk to people like I'm talking to Ken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. Um it sounds like, uh, you know, from what we were talking about before uh, we got started here, that, uh, that you've been uh, exploring around a little bit, uh, playing around a little bit with a couple of new tools and with some of the new uh, networks and stuff like that. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about what's going on. Well, you know, I'm experimenting with things because, you know, I, I did Outside the Box Live years ago, and we had uh, well over 100,000 listeners. We couldn't even track higher than 100,000, so we don't actually know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I, when I, I took a break right after my dad passed away last year, and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to walk away from the Internet for a bit and kind of figure yeah. out what I want to do because, you know, my business changed. Uh, I have business partners. We don't work together anymore. 
Um, I closed down almost every program I had on the internet, and I, I wanted to start where I had originally planned to start at, um, because years ago, um, I had these plans, you know, and as you bring partners in and you start selling and you start having people request workshops and all these different things, you lose sight of that ultimate plan that you originally had set out to do, right? Yeah. You start reacting to what other people want instead of taking action upon what you want to do, right? And so I started Selling Lab, and I got SellingLab.com. Go figure, right? Um, I was waiting for that domain for years, man. <laughs> um, but um, and when I started it, I said, why don't I start like I would teach other people to start? Um, I'm going to start with a general, very clean website. I'm not going to try to put too much stuff on it right now because I don't want to overload it with stuff and waste the reachability and the traffic that I could potentially get on this website. Um, yep. And I, I don't want to muck anything up, right? So the first thing I said to myself is, well, I'm going to do some test recordings for some podcasts, get a few episodes up, um, play with iTunes a little bit, which I'd never really done back in the day. So, um, But do some of the other stuff, like going to Podcast 411 and submitting to different uh, podcast networks. Um, I wanted to test PowerPress because I saw a lot of people using that. Mm -hmm. through Blueberry. Um, I didn't know much about it because we didn't have it back then. And yep. then there was clout. You know, I had a fan page set up for Speaking Out Loud, which was like kind of a testing ground, right? And then I changed the whole thing to the brand selling lab because that's the brand I'm, that's my company now, right? Yep. Um, but as I was looking at everything, I said, you know, for one, the podcast statistics are sketchy at best. The downloads, the unique downloads, um, yeah. Time they're listening, but I have people sending me emails telling me about the end of the podcast, yet the podcast directory is telling me they didn't listen to the end, right? Mm. So that tells me people are actually downloading it directly from my website. Sure. Which is cool. I'm, I'm all good with that, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, I had to start thinking to myself, how am I going to get more reach? And obviously today it's social media, right? Yeah. Um, whether you're advertising in it, posting in it, engaging in it, it's social media because the internet started in a way where people wanted to engage with one another and it's come to a point where there's so many ways to engage people are confused on how to do it. So I started looking, actually, you know, I'm going to reveal this and you guys are going to laugh at me, but, um, you know, I met Joel, Joel Calm at one of your conferences, JV Alert, back in 2008, okay, yeah. and in Orlando. And he probably doesn't remember me. Um, I talked to him briefly back then. Um, but I was looking at his cloud score. And then I looked at your cloud score because you guys are pretty tight, real close together, right? Mm. And then I'm like, the way I looked at it with clout, with reach, was who do I want to model myself after, okay? Yeah. Who are the types of people I want to talk to? And who do I think will get the best value out of what I do? And you and Joel kind of have that audience, right? So I said to myself, you know, I don't want to be Ken. I, it'd be great to be you. Don't get me wrong, but I, I want to be me. Um, but I, I don't, don't think there's any doubt about that. I think you will be you. <laughs> um, I don't want to be Joel Calm, but I want I want that same uh, level of engagement with my audience, and I want to reach the same type of audience that you guys reach, right? Yeah. So. I, I took you guys, and then I took another one who is I'm a big fan of, and he's a good friend, is Bon Halbert, okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, I was really surprised when I looked at Bon's, and his cloud score was 23, 
because uh, he's very active in social media. So I'm like, whoa, what's what's Ken and Joel doing different than Bond, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you're going to see a, a quick brief thing. I'll get back to this in a second, this graph here. But if I just search, you can see the screen, right? Yeah. Okay, so if I just search Bond Halbert at clout.com, um, his score is 21 right now, okay? Yeah. And if we look at the middle of the screen right below his name, we can see he's listed on clout and he's got Facebook integrated. Right? Yeah. But if I go back, and I'm going to use you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if I go to you, you have a score of 79, which is really good. Uh, but look at all the networks you have integrated. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and well, that you, might be a hint. <laughs> yeah. And you may not be active on all those networks all the time, but you've integrated your WordPress, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, all your main networks to kind of work together with one another. All right? Yeah. And same with. If we go look at our buddy Joel, we're going to reveal everybody's secrets today, right? He's got an 83. Now, you and I both want to go past Joel, right? <laughs> Just so we could tell him we did, <laughs> right? Absolutely. But the, he was the reason I really got into clout because he was joking around with E. Brian Rose on Facebook about his clout score and E. Brian Rose's clout score. Yeah. Okay, so it became this big, just funny little topic that we all talked about. But I look at his and look. He has all of his networks integrated, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first things I saw was Instagram has some weight. Okay? Mm -hmm. I noticed that. It has some weight. And it's because it's image-based. People can post those things to Pinterest. You know, you, you can do a lot of stuff with that. But I don't have a Mac or an iPhone. So I'm like, well, how do I get Instagram? So I downloaded an app that allows me to use Instagram through my PC because I'm a Microsoft guy, right? Yep. So what I did, if I can just go to my home page here, I guess. Um, let me go to me. So what I did was, I don't have as many networks as you, right? I'm missing a few here. But what I did was I went just down the list, and I said, well, I don't have my, my Twitter and my LinkedIn on here. I just have Facebook on here. And then there's Foursquare. I didn't have my YouTube integrated. Um, I didn't have an Instagram account, so I created one. Backdoor little trick, right? Um, last FM, I didn't have an account. And I'm like, wow, I really thought I had an account there. Tumblr, I had an old account, but it wasn't really current, so I created a new one. WordPress.com and G+. Those were the main ones I really messed with. Yep. So I didn't want to add any more than that. But then what I started doing was saying, how is it that people are actually increasing? It can't just be the networks. I let that kind of languish for a couple days. And if you look at my... Um, I'll actually walk you through my metrics of what happened, right? You see right here on May 12th, that was a week ago, right? Yep. 57 cloud score. Pretty yep. average, right? And it's not low, but it's it's not great. Okay. So right then I said I'm gonna add the networks. I integrated my networks. Next day I went up to 60. Okay? And kind of leveled off for that yep. next that next 48 hour period. Okay? But there was the spike, right? Yep. Okay, so between the 14th and the 15th, was the, in a 24-hour period, I spiked, right? And, and here comes the secret reveal. The secret reveal was I began to engage with other people's posts and post about what other people were posting and tagging them in those posts. And then I began to record podcasts based upon the interest in the discussions in those posts. Interesting. And started sending people to them. 
And in the past week, my score has gone up to over 72 from 57. Yeah, that's a great hike. Yep. And, Ken, the plan was like this. I said, um, find those who are doing what I'd like to do. Yeah. Kind of look at the obvious things that they are doing, right? And then get active. Just get active. But be active according to what other people like. And if you, people don't think it works, I don't have a huge fan page. I just started it, right? And only in the past three days did I start doing anything selling lab related on it. My reach has increased 1,400%. Um, new page likes by 800%. And uh, from last week, they're up 9.2%. Engagements increased by 511%. Like I said, it's not a huge page. It's only got like 108 likes or something like that, right? Right. Um, last week, it had you know, 50 likes, if that, yeah. okay? That was all due to increased engagement and taking the brand, Selling Lab, and making it look like a brand, right? Yeah. Getting more structured with everything, telling people, making sure my name's out there so they know I created this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, making the brand not just a company but a face, me, Yeah. Okay? and sticking to one main topic, and that was sales training. Yeah. Getting yeah. away from everything else, okay? Now we're sitting here talking about traffic and reach and cloud, but in order to, to be able to narrow down your brand and get the kind of reach that you want, you have to pay attention to these things nowadays, right? Well, you know, you know messaging is such a, a huge part that we don't even think about, clarity. If people are going to be talking about things, uh, they have to be memorable. They have to be repeatable. And uh, if if you're going to create buzz uh, about any particular thing, you got to have focus on that thing. Otherwise, people are just going to be all over the place. They're going to be confused about your message, and they're going to be confused about what you have to offer or or how uh, you can be a benefit to them. Right, right. And there was one final piece of the puzzle I had to look at because. All this is great, but I don't own any of this stuff, right? I don't own the Facebook page or the clout thing or the podcast directory. I don't own that stuff. Somebody else owns those things, right? Exactly. So I looked at my personal site. I started off with just a plain template. I wasn't trying to get fancy at all. You can see that, right? <laughs> so, um, nice and clean. Yeah, obviously I wanted Selling Lab to really kind of pop. I want that image to kind of stick in people's heads, right? Um, I wanted a way for them to easily be able to play a podcast, even if they weren't on a post page. They could go through the uh, through Stitcher or iTunes, right? iTunes yeah. is glitching right now. For some reason, it shows zero episodes, so I have to figure that out. But, hey, mm. the survey thing is actually through Blueberry, because I have a paid account. It's like $5 a month. It gives me expanded metrics, and they allow me to do kind of an audience survey, and it gets basic demographic information about my audience, and it spits it back to me. Yeah. Um, you know, income, you know, education, all these different things, but it, it integrates that right into my dashboard so Blueberry can better list my podcast as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's been taken off pretty good. But I really wanted to make sure that no matter what page they were on on my website, there was a primary focus. The blog is primarily for listen to the to the podcast and subscribe to them. Well can in one week, I've had over 1,500 downloads across all the networks I'm on. Great. Not too Great. bad, right? And that was to reach. Now, I didn't do any paid traffic. I just pinged the networks, basically told them, hey, I have podcasts, right? 
Yeah. So they automatically update. Um, but the coolest part is, is over the past two weeks, um, my workshop has brought me in, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Every Which, couple thousand dollars helps. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad, right? So, um, but the final thing that I'm integrating, and we'll talk about this more in the future, probably in a training or something, is um, something I learned from Chris Munch, and that was hook pages. And that is viral pages that people would love to share. Yeah. Okay? Now, I used Colin Terrio's images from Call to Copy. He gives permission to use those images as long as you give him credit for them uh, because yeah. it really fits into the selling aspect of my site and everything with the, uh, you know, yeah. using certain words and things like that. And I just... So it grabs their attention. Yeah, and I just implemented this. And the whole thing about just a general overview, no matter where you scroll on the page, there's a way to share it. Yeah. Right? So people are going to lose that. Plus, I'm promoting the fan page, which these hook pages have been a huge resource for getting more likes on the fan pages. Okay? Mm -hmm. The coolest feature, I think, is is the embed field, and it allows people to embed it on their own website, still okay. giving me the, uh, the redirect links and everything. Yeah, right? that's great. Yeah, so these are the things I've been working on, and my obvious goal is to increase my traffic and to start building a list from the site, because I'm very niche down. I want to build a list from it, right? But what you'll, yep. note, what you'll notice is I do not have an opt-in form on my site anywhere. Hmm. Okay. Now everybody's saying, "Well, you're a marketing guy. Why don't you have an opt-in form?" I want people to get comfortable with the purpose of the site first. Yep. Get used to visiting the site. So when I do put the opt-in form in, because uh, it uh, doesn't get much traffic right now, but when I do put that form on, they're going to notice it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's going <laughs> to be that change that they notice, and I have my funnel planned for a three-part series on top of my one-time offers on top of my back-end pre-launch for my workshops. It's a long funnel. It goes from the lead magnet to the tripwire to the core product to the profit multiplier to re-engagement to reactivation. And that's yeah, project I love, scope. Yeah, I love that project scope too. And, and those key elements that really make up the whole funnel process are absolutely crucial. I'm looking forward to exploring some of those things with you. Yeah, so now I want to talk about, um, so we've given an overview of what I'm doing, right? So we're kind of j joining forces here to make our personal kind of pet projects into something, right? Yeah. And we're going to share some of that information with people, but um, I think we're going to do a training somewhere along the line, Kim. Um, I, I think we'll probably have to give in to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for most of the folks that if we decide to share this recording, uh, they have, you guys have to understand that, me and Ken are recording this for us, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so we don't forget nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And I think uh, taking notes while we're talking kind of distracts from the flow, right? So having a visual, having something to listen to. And what I love, Ken, is we're blueprinting the process. So later on, if we decide to start another project of our own down the road, yep we can implement these things in the order that we talked about them and get rid of what didn't work and keep what does work. And, and that's what's so wonderful about a system is, is doing exactly that, taking the things that do work and, and turning them into something that can be replicated over and over again. Right. And I'll give everybody, including you, a little insight. My wife will be going to get my daughter soon, and when she usually leaves or comes back, my dogs go crazy, just so you know. <laughs> 
Okay. So if you hear, it's really quiet right now, but if you hear those dogs going, there's no way to shut them up for like two minutes at least. Okay. So. <laughs> no problem. Okay. We'll, so we'll forgive that. I, I, I know the story behind Buzzbreaker, why you created it. Okay. Yeah. So I want to start there. It, it, okay. did, it didn't exist. Yeah, it, uh, it didn't exist. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, I kind of wasn't even known really for, um, for, for some of the things that I had done over the years. I, I uh, didn't talk about them a lot. Uh, people knew me first as the affiliate guy from Affiliate Showcase and then the joint venture guy from JV Alert and then the mm -hmm. JV Alert Live guy. Uh, or the info product blueprint guy, uh, and my my character kind of changed over the years, or my persona of how people uh, perceive me. But all along, what I was really doing was building highly engaged communities of raving fans. You know, it, you've always been good at that, dude. I don't know why people don't notice that, but you've <laughs> always. I mean, I've seen you put a social network online and have like five thousand people involved in like a couple of freaking days. <laughs> Like I'm just like, tell me how you did that. <laughs> well, that that's what's that's what's fun for me. I mean, I was uh, I, I've been doing that for years. I've been fascinated since I was a teenager by how do you move the masses? How do you uh, move them emotionally? How do you get them to to take actions and and actually change the world or make a difference or have an impact, as they say? So that's been the study of my life and. I've done that in lots of different ways, but I was sitting in a mastermind with a group of friends here in the Philadelphia area. We kind of called them the Philly Mafia, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we just happened to live here uh, in, in this area, and it was kind of a subset of uh, part of Mike Vilsame's uh, mastermind group that uh, got together here, and they were challenging me. They were saying, you know, you've had sites in the top 3,000 sites on the Internet. You've had sites as high as... 362 out of all of the sites on the internet. Could you do it again? And you know, there's a, there's a moment, a, a pause there, where you think, well, you know, things were not exactly the same as when I started out. Right? Sure. There were a lot less uh, websites on the internet when I hit 362 out of all the sites on the internet. I didn't have quite as much competition, uh, but still. Uh, you know, could I do that again today? And my answer was, of course I can, um, and I'll prove it. So Buzzbreaker was actually just a response to that challenge. Could I do that in a very, very short period of time? And so I went out, I put this out, and I think I, um, I don't have the exact figures, but I went within a, a, a couple few days without even going out to my list. I went to the top 1% of all sites on the internet within uh, just a couple of days. And then I did a little bit more tweaking. I went to the, the top 1% of the top 1% just to prove <laughs> that, that I wasn't a has-been and that I could still do this kind of stuff. Um, and then I kind of uh, let it lapse after that because I, it wasn't really the focus. I had all kinds of other projects going on and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But I thought it would be fun for us just as an experiment to see what we could kick it back up to. So I actually did a, uh, a listing uh, on Alexa.com uh, just a little bit ago. And I think, um, well, as of right now, it's sitting at 
and 32,517 out of the Alexa ranking. So yeah, knowing you in a week, you can get that to like 100,000, <laughs> you know. I, uh, I've, never, I've never had a site um, below 50,000 in Alexa, ever. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, 50,000 is kind of like my, I've always been good at implementing traffic when I want to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when it comes to Alexa rank, which I, I feel carries some weight, obviously for search rankings and everything else. Um, yeah. I've never been able to get below 50,000. Well, um, I used to feel really bad when Affiliate Showcase went below 3,000. I mean, that was like a depressing week. And it was, at, it was actually up there for years uh, at the 3,000 level. So uh, I got kind of used to that. And, uh, and there's a couple of things that, uh, that you can do that. And I want to let people know, you know right away that the way that I did that varied from site to site. So mm -hmm. uh, Affiliate Showcase started one way and was really built with uh, a lot of what they call junk traffic and sure. stuff like that. Um, the uh, JV Alert site was built, uh, the traffic was built all through partnerships. Um, we had some of the top marketers on the world. They went out to about 30 million people and said, you should come to this site, that helped. <laughs> right. And then um, the, uh, the Tobri social network, which also launched into the top uh, 3,000 sites on the internet, was a social network at its, um, at least on the surface, there was a whole platform uh, underneath it. But it was, um, uh, as far as driving traffic, it was a social network, so by its nature, Social networks, you know, generate traffic. So, um, so uh, that was another method of of creating massive traffic. And then Buzzbreaker was yet another method. But all four of those sites, all of four of those examples, um, were based on the idea of building highly engaged communities and keeping people active. So, for instance, with Tobri, the social network, we had people that. Uh, well, I once practically got attacked by a woman uh, at a local meetup group because of the fact that her Tobri ranking uh, slipped a point or two, and uh, she was spending probably literally, you know, 20 hours a day on that website doing wow. nothing but creating activities. So you can imagine how impassioned she was about that site. Meanwhile, and, if she would have kind of looked at her metrics a little bit, she would have found different times a day that she was having <laughs> the most impact, right? Maybe so, maybe so. But at any rate, um, so different techniques for all of them, and I'm gonna, uh, we're going to get a chance to explore some of those different techniques as we uh, continue our conversations and stuff like that. But the core is all around creating um, massive uh, uh, passion, uh, interest, focus around whatever activities, building a community and then keeping that community engaged. Right. That has, that has to do with a couple of things. It has a lot to do with the messaging. It has a lot to do with the feedback loops that we create for the community. It has a lot to do with the tone that we set and, and the instructions, the call to actions that we make throughout um, the progress of the uh, uh, the building of the site, you know. Yeah, one thing I've been talking about for years, and people people they don't understand how to get virility on your mm -hmm. website. And you talked about junk traffic for a second. Um, yep. For years, I've implemented hook pages on my websites, like I showed you, right? Yeah. 
the way I get those kick started is junk traffic, ad fly, mm -hmm. basically. You know, uh, <laughs> for five bucks you get a you know a few thousand people coming to your to your hook page. But thing is, because they are images, and because people have to spend 10, 15 seconds on that screen before they can move on, um, yep. what it does is they said, oh, what effort does it take to hit like or to post right. interest or to, to to give it a G plus, right? It doesn't exactly. take any any effort at all. And the whole trick to that is is give them very few things to do. Share it. That's it. Share it. And yeah. the junk traffic can start creating virility because even exactly. though that traffic may not be targeted to what we want, right, it's still human nature to share. And somewhere along the line, you're going to find the right traffic that comes back, right, right. through that networking. Well, for years, people told me that, uh, you know, Things like the banner networks, and we used to have these. Uh, you you remember these sites, and maybe they still exist out there somewhere where, where you could sit all day long and you could generate traffic to your uh, website oh, sure. by just clicking on uh, on looking at websites. You know, oh God, I, th I think the first way I was generating traffic was Traffic Swarm because I couldn't yeah. I couldn't afford to pay for traffic, so I'd just sitting there clicking on ads all day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just, exactly. And, and it, did, it didn't said, work for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the secret to that. The, uh -huh. the secret to that is to get somebody else to do that for you. Right, so, right. So what I actually did was I created Affiliate Showcase, and I told people about all of these different techniques for generating traffic. If they didn't have any money, then I told them about uh, things that they could do, actions that they could take that would send traffic to their website. And if they had paid, uh, if they had money to spend on paid advertising, I told them about that kind of thing. I told mm -hmm. them about every tool I could think of uh, in terms of traffic, and what they were really doing was they were sending traffic back to Affiliate Showcase. So they were investing their time, they were investing their money, and anything that you do should be in a leveraged way. One of sure. the secrets about Buzzbreaker and moving it up the the ranks has to do with the fact that. Uh, if you want to generate traffic, you know, stand in front of the river. Go find out where the traffic is right now. So, right. Um, Buzzbreaker is all about trending news. Uh, well, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say the the whole site itself is a broad topic, but each individual page on this site is niched down a little bit more, right? Yeah. But it's all about trending news. Where on the other end of the spectrum, what I'm doing is very, very specific, right? Right. So this is this is good. We actually get the case study, how we're taking from one end of the spectrum to the next, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and there are a couple of things in that. You know, like you said, um, every single post that's in here is really built around a trending topic. So I actually teach uh, the the um, the people who were uh, creating the articles and things like that how to go to Google Trends look up what's trending today so if it just so happens some of this is is dated but um, uh, but if Ben Affleck has just uh, launched as Batman that was trending a couple of days ago you know sure. so uh, that's in the news right now and lots of people are searching for Ben Affleck uh, in conjunction with Batman right and they're gonna end up straight at that article so um, so that's you know one of the factors that's there and then we talked about leveraging other people. 
Um, you, you can see uh, if you were looking at um, if you were looking at Buzzbreaker that at, at the top of that there's a bloggers wanted listing. So right. um, yeah, I'm not I'm not creating all of the content for this. Uh, I'm actually uh, looking for people who have strong opinions who want to create a little bit of controversy, and then I'm teaching them how to drive traffic to their blog posts, which then creates additional traffic for the main website. You know, I, I always said that working together we can do so much more than we can apart. Mm -hmm. And if you can uh, leverage a community and get them engaged, you know, the success for one person is going to build success for another person. So I had, uh, a, I had a client a couple years ago. Well, yeah, it was about a couple years ago, and she was in the um, celiac disease, gluten-free niche, basically. Yep. And she had created a website to kind of document, because when she found out she had celiacs, doctors didn't have a whole lot of information on it. So right. she took her time for years studying and researching and putting information together, and she created a website where she posts all those things. And it was a pretty website, um, but it wasn't getting a whole lot of leverage, right? Yep. So what I had her do was put a Bloggers Wanted page up. Mm. Um, people that talk about those types of things and to network out to other blogs to ask them if they would like to be a guest author and those types of things and she did that and today she posts one post a month herself and every day somebody else is posting. Yeah. Every exactly. single day. Yeah. Well if you took a look at something like Social Media Examiner which uh, uh, some of you may be you know familiar with um, uh, Michael Hyatt uh, did a uh, a whole thing um, around um, uh, developing a few key uh, bloggers that were kind of at the top of their industries. Uh, Mari Smith, you know, chimed in for um, uh, the LinkedIn stuff that she was doing, and and uh, so she got um, maybe four, I think it was, uh, bloggers that were uh, pretty high profile. And then they got like four more that were uh, brand new, fresh, and very, very eager. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. And that just drove traffic like crazy to that website because they were out there really, really pushing uh, the blog posts. And, and, uh, and the, the cumulative effect was to you know, have a big groundswell of, of um, interest in a very crowded field. I mean, you'd think uh, something like social media was, uh, you know, a pretty pretty crowded arena to try and, and build a lot of buzz in. Right, right. So let's let's talk about, Ken, for, for you and I, because <laughs> yeah, sure. that's, why, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, we are here for us. Um, I, what I'm looking at, the overall, uh, let's say, broad strokes of Project Scope for what we're trying to accomplish is yep. um, traffic, right? Yep. Is engagement and monetization. Exactly. Okay, so just those three things, because we know there's a lot of tiny steps inside of each one of those landmarks, right? Exactly. Um, obviously, in order to get traffic and engagement, it's all about the content and the way that content's shared. Yep. Okay, so we if we just put just kind of little sub-notes underneath traffic and engagement, content, the way it's shared, under both of those, right? Yeah. And monetization, we, we can get to later, all right? Because 
we need to make sure the traffic engagement's in place in order for us to know what to put in place to monetize the things that we're working on. Right? We got to study our metrics because if we're if we're displaying ads or affiliate products or list building structure into our websites, we better know what to give the people that's coming. Well, the only way we can know that is how are they communicating, what are they communicating, and who are they? Right? Yep. So that's why I've told people from the start, get get your get your web properties to a point where people are using them and then think about <laughs> what they want, yeah. right? Um, because you're you're generally trying to put out topics out there. You might find that your your tech area of your buzzbreaker.com is more visited than your publishing area of buzzbreaker.com. Exactly. Right? So yeah, you, want, you don't know what's going to work to lure people in there. Right, and you want want to monetize in each of those areas the same way, right? Yeah. It might be the same structure the way you display it, but not necessarily the same product services and things like that, right? Yep. With Selling Lab, obviously my primary focus with Selling Lab is uh, the podcasts, the workshops, um, the self-study tutorials that will come out later on as products, and the tools that I use. Obviously, yeah. I'm going to be affiliate of my the tools that I use, right? Mm -hmm. So I already know what's going to sell through that. I have to be very specific in when I do my traffic, attract the people for the things I'm going to monetize for. So it's a different, it's kind of a project scope flipped on its head for me, right? Yeah. Based upon what we just outlined. So I think what we need to do over to say the next week is what are we doing for traffic or what are we going to do for traffic, right? What are we currently and what are we going to do? Um, what are we currently doing to engage and what are we going to do to enhance and maximize that engagement, right? Right. And then we'll follow through with the monetization part because I think over a matter of two weeks we can bank our traffic, we can get more engagement, and we can begin to monetize the properties that we have. I like that. Because I've barely done anything with Selling Lab, and it's already paid itself off. Right? Yeah. And just so everybody knows, yes, I went to Fiverr and got my logo made for five bucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job, too. Well, I designed it first. I sketched it out, and I, I, I kind of gave samples of the colors that I wanted. Um, yeah. I, did not, I did not do the little selling guy and graph design. The guy did that for me. And um, when he brought it back, he goes, is this what you want? I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted. It's probably because I drew what I wanted. I don't know how to do <laughs> graphics. So. Um, it I helps, helps uh, to know what you want before uh, you ask. Well, when I went to advertising school, we drew everything that we did. <laughs> yeah. We weren't doing everything on machines, right? So I drew it, scanned it, sent it to him. I said, this is kind of what I'm looking for, but I'm not familiar with what font. But what you will know between Ken and myself, buzzbreaker.com, take a look at that, and then look at Selling Lab, lowercase, lowercase letters. Yeah. Right. Right? It's soft, it's clean, but it makes you notice it. Right? Everything yeah, else looks a little bit too corporate media, right? And not social networking. Yeah. So so your colors, your font styles. Um, I tell people, you know, when you're thinking about the design layout of your site, if you've never designed a site before, logos and things, I don't care what your budget is, hire somebody to do it. Yeah. That's that. Either you spend the next year or so learning how to do it yourself or hire somebody to do it. Um, I, I like to go with the other route, hiring somebody. I know how to do basic websites, so I put sure. my own up. But if I was to 
really wanted a website that popped. I'd hire somebody like a friend of mine, Kate Ferguson. I'd hire her because uh, she yeah. knows how to make websites look really freaking good, you know. And I don't know what your host. I'm. I'm. Mine's based on WordPress. That's the software I yep. use. Is that what you have here? Exactly right. Yep. Yep. To me, it's. Um, there's a lot of security loopholes in WordPress, so you have to take care of those things when you get started. Because yep. there are a lot of hacks going around, dirty hacks, iframe hacks, Heartbleed, all that stuff. It's all going around. Um, so you have to take your security measures into account, and that goes into the project scope. Are our sites secure? Are yeah. our files backed up? Um, could, if our site went down today and our host said, we're deleting your site, which has happened to me, Ken, um, yeah. do you have a backup? to reestablish that domain and put your site back online. Yeah, that's a tricky thing. A backup's no. always a nightmare. Yeah, I, I back up every day. <laughs> so yeah. I, I lost uh, Covert NLP. I lost um, the Covert sales system, the entire Covert product line. Yeah. Just gone. Well, I, uh, I lost all of JV Alert uh, at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, Affiliate Showcase has been hacked before. And those were custom-coded sites that had, uh, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of programming. In yep, I've gotten really good at cloning software for WordPress sites, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, like Duplicate Bye-Bye, you can create a duplicate site. You can create a site from an HTML and make it into a WordPress site with that if you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things like that, cloning softwares, clone your site, even though you back them up, clone them so you have all your settings and your layout and your theme. Right? Yep. That way, when you do put your site back up, you start with the duplicate, the theme settings and everything, and then you integrate the backup, and that'll populate your content and everything. Right? Yeah. And those are things, like I said, if you don't know how to do that stuff, you know, I years ago, I used to teach people every single step of all those different things to do, Ken, and you know what I found out? If you want to waste time and not make money, that's what you do. There's the dogs. So... <laughs> Give me your two cents. I'm going to mute for, for a minute here, okay? <laughs> uh, well, it's exciting around your place, I can tell. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, that's really great, uh, and it's, it's definitely great to have a plan for backup, that's for sure, because we all run into those kinds of things. Uh, what we're going to do over the course of uh, uh, whatever time we get to spend together is to actually develop a plan which uh, hopefully other people can implement uh, and will enable us to have a blueprint when we want to start something new. Uh, it's always great to have a checklist, something to go through that's a plan of action that we can actually follow in a blueprint kind of a fa fashion. That was part of what Info Product Blueprint was all built around and I want to have a, a blueprint for everything that I do in terms of uh, creating the traffic, uh, creating the engagement, and then also creating the monetization. So I think that's really, really crucial. And I'm well, looking I, forward to what we do. I tell you what I'm going to do, Ken. Over the next two days, I'm going to write down um, kind of the structure of what I'm doing and planning on doing. Okay? Okay. And you do the same. Okay? okay. Then what we'll do is we'll come back on to a, a GoToWebinar call, and we'll integrate the two together. All right, that sounds like a plan. And that way we have an overall blueprint of exactly what we're going to do to both websites. 
to both brands. Fantastic. Yep. And then later on, uh, when people sign up for our stuff, they'll they'll get a copy of that blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because um, we are going to do a training um, on this, folks. Um, you know, Ken and I had originally come together because we always want to do something together. We just never know what it's going to be, right? Yeah. And I've driven to Philadelphia and Florida to, to hang out with Ken, and we talk about so many great things. But you know what happens, Ken? There's so many great things that get talked about, right? Yeah, exactly. And neither one of us are about just talking about stuff. We want to do something, right? Yeah. And there's two areas that, that Ken and I are really going to kind of try to accomplish here. Uh, I think we will accomplish besides our own projects. We want to be able to teach a group of people to do the same kind of stuff, right, so they can get the same sort of benefits. And so you guys can see any mistakes we make, too, because yep. I think mistakes are important. You can't succeed without failing a few times. It just it, it doesn't work that way. Um, but exactly. on the other end of the spectrum, I don't know about you, Ken, but I would like to work very closely one-on-one -on -one with a few folks, too. Yeah, and I help think that would be great. Yeah, and help them hands-on, um, yep. not doing the work for them, but helping them really tweak out their strategy, really get the details in place, and really move forward, making sure there's, you know, visible action being taken places that's producing some sort of result, right? And we can't do that unless um, people are willing to step up and say, "Yes, I want that." So what I'm going to ask Ken, I'm going to. I'm going to post-produce this recording. I'm going to put a nice little intro on it, right? But I'm also going to strip the audio out, too, on another, okay? Because okay? I'm going to give it to you, and you can put it on your podcast, and you can put the video on your YouTube channel, and I'm going to take it and put it on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. Okay? Sounds great. Because, and everybody should take note of that. Why are we doing that, Ken? Well, multiple channels really create massive traffic. Have you noticed that? It does. And uh, you never know if your YouTube channel is going to go the way of the dodo someday. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um, so I tend to self-host um, for my blog, and then I tend to post YouTube videos on things like Facebook and Tumblr and things like that, right? Um, that way I have backups, and I have multiple sources of where I'm playing from. So I'm getting multiple traffic stats as well, right? Um, but with the podcast part, it's because we want to be on people's phones. Exactly. We, um, Declan Dunn said years ago, I, w I was listening to one of his calls years ago, Ken, and he said, now you'll, uh, I'm dating this because of what I'm about to say. If you want to get people's attention and keep their attention, get on their desktop. Well, what is it today? Get on their mobile device. All right? yep. But I'll give everybody a little tip. Out of all the downloads that have happened on my podcast over the past week, over 1,500 downloads, only 23% were downloaded to mobile devices. Mm -hmm. So the Internet browser is still, the desktop is still a big force in this whole thing. Absolutely. Because okay? people try to find focus, so they sit at their desk. The uh, uh, Mobile device is distraction. But also I want to kind of put out there, Ken, the reason for video and audio. FaceTime on somebody's app on somebody's device distracts from them. Okay, it takes away from what they're doing. They have to watch it, right? Yep. So whatever they're doing, they got to drop it to pay attention. Where a podcast, just audio, does not require them to have FaceTime on their device. They can listen to it in the background while they're doing other things. Yeah. 
Okay, so we touched both bases on that. Um, but one of the main reasons we're doing that because we really want to train a bunch of folks, but we also want to give people a way to comment. So this is what I'm going to get. I'm going to give people a little call to action, Ken. Okay. All right. No matter where you're seeing this, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on uh, a podcast, um, go to one of our Facebook pages. If you're seeing it on Facebook, wherever it's posted, leave a comment. Would you rather be in a position where Ken and I are sitting with you one-on-one, -on -one, online, and maybe even meet up in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or something, right, Ken? Yep. Spend our time with you. Now, obviously, that's going to cost more, right, Ken? I would imagine so. Yeah. So you have to do this based on budget. Would you rather go that route, and do you have the budget to go that route? And you can guess what the budget might be. Or would you rather be in a group setting where we're teaching this whole strategy to a group, it's just not as customized because we're not working with them one-on-one. -on -one. So I ask people to leave their comment, which way would they rather see, and be honest, folks, sure, I'd rather be one-on-one -on -one with, you know, uh, say, Bill Gates, but I choose to watch his stuff on YouTube. Because <laughs> I don't pay that bill. Are yeah, you? I don't think I can afford the consulting fee with Bill Gates, right? <laughs> so you guys have to really take into account self-study and workshop environments are going to be more cost-effective uh, to some people. Where those folks that do have the budget that know the impact you can have with working one-on-one -on -one with people that actually know what they're doing, you're going to get a bigger impact more rapidly being able to work on one-on-one, -on -one, right? Absolutely. It's just the way it works, but um, don't be like, well, I want to do one-on-one, -on -one, but you got five bucks in the bank. <laughs> <It's>, right. <laughs> that's not happening, right? Um, we're just trying to be open and honest, and Ken, I really want to, uh, over the next two days, kind of nail down a preliminary project scope. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write out mine, okay? okay. And it's not going to be complete. It, it'll be broad strokes. Um, okay. And then you write out yours. I'm going to send you mine. You, right. s you send me yours. Okay. okay. And then we'll, what I'm going to try to do is integrate the two together. See if there's any like steps for one. All right. Yeah. That way we're not duplicating steps if we don't need to. And number two, anything that's different where we can see strengths for our particular projects, we integrate those strengths in. Okay. That sounds perfect. And I'll take the time to do that. And then we'll have a call and we'll walk through it step by step. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing. This is what this affects. It's Socratic method to things, right? If this, yep. then this, okay? And we're going to arrange things in a way where they make sense to do them in the order that we put them. Because you know what it's like. You write a plan, and then you get this jumble of steps, and you're all disjointed. You can't get into a flow because you're over here writing this, and then you stop, and you record this, and then you stop, and you post-produce this, this. I'm actually going to teach folks how to do it in a kind of a physical movement flow to where they, they can get basically what will usually take them about a month to do, they'll get done in about two or three days. That sounds fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this, Bob. Me too. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and this, this is just going to be fun on top of that because it's real, it's real time, it's real life, it's real case studies, and, um, and then it's real system that comes out of what actually works. Yeah, we're actually showing some secrets. So, uh, <laughs> um, I, you know what, I'm one of those people, people have told me for years, Ken, um, I've had Ben Atkins and a lot of people say, or Ben Littlefield just posted the other day, why did you share that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> publicly? I'm like, 
I was thinking about it, and I thought other people might be thinking about it, and I know how to do it, so I put it out there. I said, but it made me a couple grand, so okay. It's okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm not afraid to share because um, everybody's not going to see it. Everybody's not everybody's going to not gonna do it. And everybody's not going to be resourceful enough to understand how to break through barriers and things, right? And the one thing I always teach, Ken, you know, my grandfather taught me this years ago. That this is a man that quit school when he was in the fourth grade. He was a yeah. hay farmer, and he was one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And he said, it's not about the resources that you have. It's about your resourcefulness. Can you figure it out, and can you find a way? Can you find the things that you need and make it work? All right? Yeah. And that's really what this is about. It's not about... We know a bunch of stuff. It's We're resourceful enough to find the way. And we're resourceful enough and we have a good enough network where we can find the people that will tell us the way when we need them to, right? Exactly. And I'm going to talk forward to that part too. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share later on in one of our calls. I don't know if it will be for the course or for the case study part. I'm going to share with you how I get people to send me all of their buyers. Ooh, better yet. Yeah, yeah. Some I, I, I really have, like I said, man, after my dad passed away, I took some time off. So I just yeah. disappeared. For, you saw, I barely yeah. ever, you know, barely posted on the Internet. I kind of disappeared, did a little bit here and there just to let people know I was still alive, basically. Um, yeah. But one day, it was probably around February, my wife said, why don't you go back to work? <laughs> she and was ready, huh? I'm like, oh, I've, I've been working. She goes, no, 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 not, not on the property management stuff that you do. No, go yeah. back to work. Go do what you love to do. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's time. But I'll tell you, Ken, I was in a place where I didn't feel like being seen. I didn't feel like being heard. And I yeah. really didn't have anything to talk about. I was in a bad mood. Yeah. And I had well, to get out of the bad mood, you know. I'm excited to have you back. And I'm excited to do this stuff with you. And uh, you know that you're one of my favorite people to spend time with. And oh, I'm you too, spend man. Time with you, so uh, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, if we lived down the street from one another, our wives would never see us. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we're going to have a blast with this, and, uh, and we're going to take some people along the way and, and let them have a blast, too, let them get a few insights, and uh, if they really want to take it up a notch, then uh, we're going to give them the opportunity to do that, too, so that'll be fun. Hey, maybe if I get I see enough uh, people commenting and sharing on Facebook and stuff, maybe I'll create a little site just for these case studies, Ken. Oh, that'd be fun. Just for that, give people a chance to opt in. Um, obviously, yeah, we're building a list, folks. Get you know, come on, we're marketers. Um, but at the same time, we want people to find this information available every time we post something. So we don't want it to be something you forget about. We want you to stay up to date with it and follow the progress, so you can see what we're doing. And literally, a lot of folks are going to be like two days. Really, they're going to write up their plan in two days. We, If we had the time, Ken, we could sit here over the next four hours and write up the whole plan and be done Yeah. and just start moving. Um, I remember when, you know, Mike Silva, right? Yep. How Mike and I and another guy, Keith Dennis, we were working on a project. Um, it was Leslie Feger's Delphin Knowledge System. Um, it had been off the market for nearly 10 years. Uh, came on and went back off again a few times. People tried to relaunch it. didn't work. And I said to them, I want a completely um, new new website. I want so Leslie wants social media engagement, basically his own social network. Um, 
we want really advanced ways of doing, well, back then it was advanced. We wanted people to be able to put the audios and things on their iPods. We wanted, um, you know, them to be able to read the, the documents on their Mac, you know, all these different things, right? And we wanted a printed book as a collector's item, too. But we didn't want to pay until it was printed. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so we, put the, we sat down one day, and it took us about three hours when we put the plan together. Um, then I got Leslie's input, and we put his input into it, and I managed to talk him out of some things, and he managed to put his foot down on a lot of other things. And so we had to integrate that stuff into the plan. That took another about an hour or so, okay? Yeah. In two weeks, not only did we have the plan from idea to fruition, uh, we had it launched and bringing in capital. That's great. And that was that. We had the people that published our book for us are the people that print for Amazon and Lulu. So we went yeah. straight. I said, I don't want to deal with the third parties. I want to go straight to the source. And Mike made it happen. He called them up, and we had to do some finagling and everything. They made it happen. It was just like we were going to do an event in Ireland, and we needed a ticket master, basically. And yeah. you know what it's like with those ticket vendors. They hold this much. They take this long to get you this. There's chargebacks, oh, yeah. clawbacks, all this stuff. We don't want to deal with that stuff. Mike got us the people that do the events for NASA and Starbucks, hmm. and they deposit our ticket sales in our bank account each day. Great. No, no reserves. It was fantastic. So that's resourcefulness. <laughs> All know. right, let's be resourceful about this. But we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. All right, sounds good. Like I said, everybody, leave your comments. Tell us which format you would rather see, one on one or in groups. Um, we're gonna be probably doing both, um, more than likely. Um, but we are gonna be um, moving forward with doing these case studies live. And Ken, I'm gonna start tonight writing up my project scope. I pretty much already have one written, so I'm cheating. Um, but <laughs> All right, well, send it to me just as soon as you get it, and I'll try and uh, one-up you. I, I will send it to you within 48 hours. All right, sounds like a plan. All right. Be sure and subscribe to this broadcast on iTunes. Download the recording. Stuff it in your file of learning materials. And let's make an impact together. This is my first introduction to Ken. And I have to say, I think he's an absolutely phenomenal individual. He has felt like he has held my hand, even though he really hasn't, to try and help me move forward in my projects that I'm working on. His caring demeanor is absolutely astonishing. I would like to highly recommend that you check out Ken MacArthur and anything that he has to offer. Uh, Ken has given me some awesome advice. In fact, um, I consider Ken a legend in the internet marketing uh, arena. And I go to him anytime I'm about to uh, launch a new product or if I need uh, marketing advice or strategic advice, I go to Ken first because I know um, that his advice is gold. It's pure gold. So uh, make sure that um, you pick up anything that Ken has to offer. Offer, get to an event of his, uh, you're going to find, you're going to learn a ton from this man. Um, highly recommended. And I just want to say that if you ever have a chance to meet Ken MacArthur in person, you have to take that chance. Just drop whatever you're doing, take time off from work, and just go to whatever event he is hosting because it's just an incredible experience. The latest and greatest information is always available at kenmacarthur.com.